it's all about playing the game the right way. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than that name on the back of the jersey. You play for the Indiana Pacers. That's who you represent. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jack from All Pacers Pod. I'm joined here by my good friend and fellow Pacers enthusiast, Austin. What's up, Austin? Hey, hey, hey. How's it hanging? <laughs> it's hanging. How you doing with quarantine? Uh, you know, we're managing, um, doing the best we can, making sure, as I hope our listeners are doing, getting outside, uh, but staying away from other people, get your fresh air, take your vitamins if you have access to them. Yeah, what, what type of vitamins do you recommend? Uh, I take fiber gummies every day uh, to regulate my poops. I take vitamin C for my immune system. Uh, I like a little B12 for some energy. Uh, I just ran out, but I like to take magnesium as well. That helps with moods. Uh, also, vitamin D helps with moods. I take those every day. And then I suck do down you, a lot of melatonin at night. That's not a vitamin, but nice. I take a lot. Do, do you take or do you have like your little box with each day labeled on each little opening of it not yet because i can just take them all at once each day but someday uh maybe yeah maybe in your older age older years i'm like 44 for all of you listening now you know what vitamins to take if you want to be as healthy as austin um make sure you go back write that down and uh hustle out to the store so good call austin thank you for keeping everyone healthy but hey we got something really fun today are you ready for fun? Yeah, for fun. No. <laughs> All right, well, let's just call the podcast. Well, before we get into it, uh, me, excitedly, and you, reluctantly. But, Austin, do you have a stat of the day? I don't have a stat of the day. I have oh. many stats of the day. Oh, man. I'm pumped for this. And here's why. We don't have just one stat of the day because we are beginning our new series, The Pacers Top. 50 players all time so today we're going to be looking at number 50 through 31 we're going to jump through 20 players today and then after that we'll go from 30 to 21 then 20 to 11 then 10 to 1 and we'll have these uh these multiple podcasts out where it's just going from the greatest players in pacers history from 50 to number one and this let me tell you what this was a tough list to make it's it's pretty easy when you're in the lower numbers when you're around like one through 20 like it's really easy to come up with these but when you start getting closer to 50 man it gets tough it gets tough so we have some good ones i think we have a great list here um i'm really excited about it. i spent a lot of time on this austin has too and uh i i hope you guys agree with it to some extent if you have any disagreements obviously let us know um we are wanting to change this list up every year and hopefully some of these players can jump up too Quick uh, spoiler, there is a Demonis Sabonis, Miles Turner, Victor Oladipo spotting on these lists, or on this list. So, you know, over the next few years, if these guys keep developing with the Pacers and growing and uh, getting better, then we could see them rise on this list. So, it is exciting. I'm really pumped to start this, and hopefully we can uh, get some good feedback from you guys, too, because we do love talking about this. So, Austin, I know you alluded to having multiple stats of the day. Yeah. So you you got a you got a good amount for this 31 through 50. I see a few guys on this list that you just love to give stats for. Yeah, we got some stats today. We have uh just some fun factoids and anecdotes too about some of these guys. Yeah, we do. So, um let's go ahead and get started. We we have some guys that didn't make the list that I did want to mention before. These are our honorable mentions. A lot of these guys you probably haven't heard of. Um, you could have heard of, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of a good amount of them, but there's some guys here that just didn't make the list either because they only played one season or, you know, they just weren't better than our 50th best player in a Pacers uniform. So Austin, I'm going to read some of these guys. Tell me if any of them stand out to you. And if you're surprised that they made the honorable mentions list or surprised that they aren't in the top 50. So we have CJ miles, who was Paul George's wingman for at least one season, maybe two seasons. Yeah, you could argue it. But CJ Miles, who most notably in a press conference after a playoff game where Paul George had passed him the ball to take the last second shot, he shot it, missed, 
in the press conference, Paul George flipped out at him for not giving him the ball back. Um, so that's a CJ Miles moment. Paul George ended up leaving the Pacers soon after. But we had CJ Miles right outside the top 50. So we have him there. We got Brandon Rush. A lot of you guys probably remember him from the um, late mid to late 2000s. I can't remember exactly when he was there, but Brandon Rush is there. We got Jeff Teague, who only played for one season, but put put up pretty good stats that one season. We got TJ Warren, who's only been at the Pacers for one season, but averaged 18 points this year. So if he stays with the Pacers, could easily break into the top 50 in the next couple seasons. Maybe even next year, who knows? We have Clemen Johnson. Have you heard of Clemen Johnson? I have not, but that's a great name. Yeah, I have not heard of Clemen Johnson either until this. So uh, he he makes this honorable mention list. We got Ricky Sobers. We got Dan Roundfield. We have a uh, Jan Mahinmi sighting here, Whoa. which was really tough for me to put on this list. But he was our starting center for one season at least. And I just wanted to mention his name and give some shout outs to our French fans out there. So we got Jan Mahinmi. Jan Mahinmi on this list. Uh, Peja Stojakovic, who was on the Pacers for a total of one season, but was really good for the Pacers that one season. Monte Ellis, who was a 2K cheat code, but on the Pacers was okay. Still paying him, actually. We did the stretch clause, so we're going to be paying him, I think, this upcoming season and the season after, maybe. It's ridiculous. The stretch clause is that... Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> What'd you say? Is that the stretch clause? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, I might have to cut you off. No more Santa jokes. Christmas is long over. We're not even Well, you're the one bringing up clauses. I know, my bad. My bad. Yeah, I, 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 I don't really know how to explain the stretch clause, so I, I, I think... Yeah, I think I just explained it. <laughs> yeah, I think you pretty. I think you did a good job. So uh, we also got Alex English, who is a Hall of Famer now, played for the Denver Nuggets, but uh, got a start at the Pacers, and the Pacers traded him away. So Alex English is on this list, played a couple seasons, but didn't make the top fifty. And we have Jerry Sickting or Sykting or Sighting. I don't know. I guess it's up for you guys to decide how to pronounce his name, but. We got Jerry Sickting here, and I don't know much about him, but his stats were pretty good. S-I-C-H-T-I-N-G. It's it's C-Sting. Oh, for real? C-Sting. Okay, so I gave three choices. They're all wrong. So C-Sting. Joey C-Sting. Jerry C-Sting. Interesting. Oh, Jerry (laughs) C-Sting. Yeah, I didn't didn't write the stats down for these guys. I have... uh, a good amount of stats um, for all of these other players that are on our top 50. But just for these honorable mentions, we looked them up. They were good. They were worth noting, but not in our top 50. So that's my honorable mentions list. Jerry Seasting won a title in 86 with the Celtics. Oh, okay. He is also from Martinsville, Indiana. That's good to know. When did he? Wait, when did he win the championship? 86? Yeah. Oh, wow. On that great Celtics team, huh? Uh-huh. That's pretty cool, actually. All right, I'll have to do more research. You know what? Maybe he'll bump into our top 20. Anyway, Austin, let's go ahead and get this list started. Let's start with number 50, and we'll work our way down to 31 today. And if you have any stats of the day for any of these guys, Austin, you just cut me off. Or if you have any anecdotes, you cut me off too. But I have some good stuff on some of these guys as well. And uh, hopefully we'll have a blast doing this. I'm pumped to do this. I've been waiting to do this for what's i think close to a month so i'm glad it's finally here i'm glad we're doing this and uh austin let's get started so number 50 we have a player who played for the pacers for just one and a half seasons but made an all-star team that guy is brad miller austin do you remember brad miller i do remember brad miller um a little ahead of his time and that he could shoot the three pretty well he didn't shoot him a lot, but he could shoot him. He also he made one All-Star in Indiana, and then he made one the year that he got traded to the Kings Yeah, uh, in 2004. Yeah, he was a decent 
rebounder and a, a, defen- a, a decent offensive player as well. Went to Purdue. He's from Fort Wayne, so kind of an Indiana boy through and through. Yep. Uh, Part of the uh, trade that landed the Pacers, Scott Pollard as well, which sent Brad Miller to Sacramento. And landed us a Scott Pollard interview. Yeah, so it worked out for all of us. So, look, Brad Miller, I'm not a big Purdue fan. Actually, they're my least favorite team. I don't know why I said it that way. I don't like Purdue. But Brad Miller was a good player. He's actually our only player who played for just over one season um, that's on this list. We have some guys who have played for two seasons, but Brad Miller was just one and a half season. He played 28 games after he got traded to the Pacers and then played one season after that where he made the All-Star team. So it was just 100 games, I think, for the Pacers that Brad Miller played. But it was good enough to be in the top 50 all-time for the Pacers just because that all-star appearance. I really believe it. So coming in at 50, we have Brad Miller. Austin, next we have your boy, Austin Crozier. Man, love Austin Crozier. Uh, We gave a stat of the day about him when he was at Providence not long ago. But, yeah, he, him and Brad Miller were both part of those Pacers teams when I was first getting into sports and yeah uh you know those Pacers and Colts teams were the first teams that I really ever liked Mm -hmm. um during that time yeah and and Crozier was there for a long time he actually played nine seasons for the Pacers which is crazy power forward his whole time in Indy or as a whole he averaged uh 7.5 7.5 points, 4.3 rebounds, one assist, and had 34.3 three-point percentage, which is pretty good for a power forward, especially in the mid-2000s, you know? Uh, career averages was 6.8 points, four rebounds, one assist. So definitely his best years were in Indy. His best season with the Pacers, actually, he averaged 10.3 points, 6.4 rebounds, and 1.1 assist. Yeah, that was the year they went to the finals. Yeah. He was a crucial part of that team. I mean, stats-wise, isn't like one of the 50 greatest Pacers if you're just looking at pure stats. But he was there nine seasons, was a crucial part to the finals team, and uh, definitely deserves to be in the top 50. Even though it's just 49, I, I still think he's worth being in the top 50. You could argue him being even higher than this as well, just because he played nine seasons. So, Austin, do you have any uh, disagreements or do you like that? Number 49 right there. Uh, no, I got no problems with Austin Crozier. Uh, it, it is a little telling that the guy played nine seasons for the Pacers and he didn't even crack the top, like, 40. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> yeah. So. He was by no means a great player, but he was a very decent player for a long time. Yeah, totally. I, I 100% agree with that. Playing nine seasons, you would think they'd be higher than uh, 49. And actually, none of the guys from 31 to 50 played – more than uh, seven seasons. So the only person is Austin Crozier, who had nine. So, yeah, I mean, you would think he should be higher, but he was a good player, and he he earned this spot. I really do believe it. So next, we have number 48. We got Mike Bantam. Mike Bantam played from 1973 to 1982, played for the Pacers for five seasons of, that, of his career, with a small forward slash power forward kind of switched out. Averaged 13.7 points, 6.6 rebounds, 3 assists for the Pacers. His best season, though, averaged 15.3 points, 7.4 rebounds, and 2.9 assists. Austin, do you have anything you'd like to add about Mike Bantam? Uh, About Mike Bantam in particular, no. I will say, though, uh, because I've never heard of the guy. Uh, (laughs) What I will say is in Washington, D.C., there is a phenomenal uh, ramen restaurant called bantam king uh it's right down near the capital one arena um which is very nice arena the dc is just a very nice city in general uh but uh some of the best ramen i've ever had was at bantam king in washington (laughs) dc any relation is that mike bantam's restaurant i couldn't tell you (laughs) in fact i think i think it might be spelled different (laughs) <laughs> but that's i think it's said the same what i will add is his jersey number 44 is retired at st joseph's university so he was a star there and uh was a good nba player as well i mean if you average for one season 15.3 points then you're a good nba player 
He played at the Pacers five seasons, and I have him at 48 on this list, or we have him at 48 on this list. So he was good, not great, but definitely deserves to be in this top 50 as well. So let's move on to number 47. We have a guy that a lot of you probably have heard about. Maybe you don't remember him very well, but he was at the Pacers for seven seasons. Number 47, we have Travis Best. He was a point guard for the Pacers during some of our great years as an organization. Came off the bench for a lot of those games. Uh, I think started one season, a good amount of games. I think it was, yeah, his second season in the NBA. He played 76 games, started 46, but the three seasons after that started zero games. His rookie year, he started only one game. And when Mark Jackson or whoever else we had playing point guard would uh, be out, Travis Best would play. But other than that, he was just our uh, spark plug off the bench, good defender, and a, a, a solid pacer. So his career for the Pacers only averaged 8.1 points, 1.8 rebounds, and 3.8 assists. For his whole career, averaged 7.6 points, 1.8 rebounds, 3.5 assists. So not great stats. His best season, though, um, averaged 11.9 points, 2.9 rebounds, 6.1 assists. And that was his second season in the NBA when he got a lot of starts. So he did have the ability to put up good stats, but filled his role really well and was important to those really good Pacers teams. Do you remember Travis Best at all, Austin? Um, a little bit. I can remember that, like you said, he was the backup point guard for a long time there. Um, but as I was coming up, I think that was like right when he got traded to Chicago, him and Jalen Rose, and that he was a part of that Ron Artest deal. Right, which Brad is Miller. the last thing I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, which is crazy. So, uh, I mean, it sucks that we traded away Jalen Rose and Travis Best. We got Ron Artest out of it, who could have won us a championship, you know, led us to a championship one year um, if it wasn't for the malice at the palace. But, yeah, Travis Best was crucial in uh, helping us get Ron Artest. And, you know, that gives him value right there as a Pacers fan. Yep. So, um, yeah, we have him at 47. Do you like that placement for him, or do you think he could have been higher? Maybe if he didn't have to play behind Mark Jackson, you know, maybe his career would have went differently and he would have uh, been more of a featured guy on the team. But who knows? Let's move on to number 46. This one was tough for us to put him here um, because his stats were good. He just played three seasons. One of those seasons was cut short because of the malice at the palace. But we have Steven Jackson here who was a really good player for the Pacers. Had uh, He started a lot of games at shooting guard and a small forward. He kind of switched out between those two positions. His entire career in Indy averaged 16.6 points, 3.9 rebounds, and 2.7 assists. That's better than his career averages points-wise outside of the Pacers. His best season in Indy, he averaged 18.7 points, 4.9 rebounds, and 2.3 assists. Which, if you average 18.7 points for the Pacers in a season, you would think you'd be higher than 46. So it was tough to put him here. But he pretty much just played two and a half seasons. He was suspended for the second most games out of that Malice at the Palace. Um, and, I mean, he was a big part of that fight too, you know. So, I actually looked this up. He has the fifth longest suspension in NBA history. Can you think of the four players that had longer suspensions than him? Well, I'm going to say Ron Artest. Yeah, Ron Artest has the longest suspension at 86 games. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to th uh, o Does O.J. Mayo count? No, the NBA bans don't count. Okay, so Tyreek Evans doesn't count either. No, he doesn't count. Um... It's tough. There was one that happened. I'm trying to think of what it was probably like 2010, 2011 ish. It was these two players who got into it in the locker room. Uh, Gilbert and, Arenas and Javaris Crittenton. Yep. Gilbert Arenas got 50 games. Javaris Crittenton got 38. There's one guy who got 68 games. I don't exactly remember why he got this suspension. I think it was because he, he choked his coach. Uh, Spreewell? Yeah, was it? Is that why he got a sixty-eight game suspension? Maybe. Uh, I can't remember why he got it. He. We'll have to fact check that later. But yeah, so it goes: Ron Artest, Latrell Sprewell, Gilbert Arenas, Javaris Crittenton, and Stephen Jackson, who got thirty game suspension. So the Malice of the Palace gave us two of the longest suspensions in NBA history. Um, and there you go, Pacers <laughs> fit in the culture right there. So 
Uh, I love Steven Jackson, man. I freaking love him. D- do you remember him at all on the Pacers? Yeah, I remember. He, I mean, he was really good. He could score the ball uh, pretty much as good as anybody on that team. I mean, I think o- Jermaine O'Neal was the leading scorer, and then Jackson was right behind him, and Artest were right behind him. Um, he, I found a quote from him on that fight from 2013 where Dan Lebetard asked him, to admit that he enjoyed punching that fan. <laughs> and he said, let me say this. All those racial slurs I done heard, all those things about my mom, my basketball game, and my kids and all this, it felt good to punch a fan one time. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't blame him. Amazing. Yeah, I don't blame him either, man. Also, It's all that pent-up aggression. He probably should have seen a counselor before that, you know. Yeah, maybe. But uh, but you did. But, man, that was, that was a fun fight. Yeah. It was a fun fight. Uh, you brought up Gilbert Arenas and mm-hmm. Javaris Crittenton. I would be remiss if I did not encourage everybody to look up the story of how Gilbert Arenas <laughs> pooped in on- <laughs> he pooped in Andre Blatch's shoe. <laughs> what? Apparently, in 2010, Gilbert Arenas pooped in Andre <laughs> Blatch's shoe. <laughs> No way. I'm looking this up. <laughs> yeah, there's some uh there's some athlete poop stories out there. Um that are good. There was a guy who used to play for the Colts, Najee Davenport, <laughs> who uh I don't know if he got arrested or she just called the police on him, but one time he pooped in his girlfriend's closet. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Just cause, or was he drunk? I don't know. I just, oh <laughs> man, that's so yeah, funny. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I guess there's no real reason why you would do something like that, other than you're probably a little crazy. I, I, I mean, I'm looking this Gilbert Arenas story up right now, and this is wild. It's he did that because Andre Blatch threw his stuff in the jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys, I can see Austin here. He's losing his mind. Um, I'm going to let him laugh this out. I'm going to move on. <laughs> hey, I love those stories. It's always great to hear more Gilbert Arenas stories too. So thank you Absolutely. so much for bringing that up, Austin. Let's move on. So Steven Jackson was 46. Next we have 45. We got Johnny Davis. And I don't know if any of you guys have heard of Johnny Davis. I'm not going to lie. I didn't hear of Johnny Davis until uh, we were looking up stats for this list. But he played four seasons for the Pacers. He was a point guard slash shooting guard and his best season he averaged 18 this is for the pacers he averaged 18.3 points 2.4 rebounds and 5.7 assists and like i said before when you average 18 points it's hard to see you this low on on the list of the top 50 but i mean he was a good player you could put him higher let me look up his stats real quick austin did you find anything on johnny davis um absolutely not but okay. <laughs> he is 64 years old so if you know johnny davis stay away from johnny davis because he's probably old enough to get to be susceptible to coronavirus yeah true yeah for his safety let's stay away from him um unless he wants to call into this podcast hey johnny davis you're welcome if you're listening out there come on in so he played for the pacers from 1980 to 1982 so or 1979 Gosh, 1978 to 1982. So he's there four seasons. Had a, I mean, had a good career for the Pacers, and uh, overall averaged 16.4, 2.4, 5.4 for points, rebounds, and assists. So, I mean, pretty good four-year run. He was his best part of his career was in Indy. He won a title with the Blazers too, his rookie year. Oh, I didn't know that. That's the cool. Walton Blazers. Yeah, no, 97 NBA champ there, or 77 NBA mm-hmm. champ. So, yeah, uh, cool career right there. We're here to talk about number 44 on this list, and that's Darren Collison, who played. Yeah, Darren Collison. A lot of you are finally hearing a name that you really recognize. Darren Collison was a point guard for the Pacers for four seasons. This was two separate stints. If you remember, we had him, and then we traded him to Dallas for Jan Mahinmi. Do you remember that trade at all? I remember it... 
feeling insignificant at the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember it thinking, um, this is weird that we're trading Darren Collison. Um, but yeah, we shipped him off. We got, we had George Hill at point guard at that point too. And it was mostly like to move um, Darren Collison so that we could give George Hill more playing time. But Darren Collison played for the Pacers. His first stint actually um, was 2010 to 2012. And then his second stint came back, signed a deal with the Pacers. And that was from 2017 to 2019. And then retired to focus on his faith. And I believe he's a Jehovah's Witness. I don't, I don't really remember right now. But yeah, Darren Collison loved him. Did you, did you like him as a player? Uh, yeah, he was always a very decent point guard. Uh, I remember when he was the backup on that Clippers team in 2014. Uh, yeah. was a key part of that team. He also led the league in three-point percentage uh, two seasons ago at 46.8%. Mm-hmm. Which I'm glad you brought that up. His uh, 2018... 2017-2018 season with the Pacers led the league in three-point percentage at, uh, wait, that was 2017-2018, my bad. I, did I say that? 2017-2018 led the league in three-point percentage, hit 46.8% of his threes that year. When he was open, he hit him, man. It was crazy. So good defender, matched with Oladipo really well. And when he had the ball, he didn't lose it, which is good as a point guard. So... Loved that about him, and it was tough to see him retire, but we got Malcolm Brogdon now, so I'm okay with it, you know? Darren Collison also never once in his career averaged less than 10 points, so has only had double-digit scoring seasons for all 10 of his seasons, which is insane. Yeah. So, good player. He comes into our list at number 44, and I think that's fair. Next, we have Thad Young at 43. And this is tough for me because, you know, I'm not a big Thad Young fan. I never really have been. But he brought a lot to the Pacers. Was only there three seasons. Played power forward for us. Averaged for his time in Indy 11.8 points, 6.3 rebounds, 2 assists. Best season for the Pacers. He had 12.6 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists. And, I mean, was important to some of those playoff teams with or that were led by Oladipo. And, uh, you know, could guard LeBron when we needed him to, could guard Giannis if we needed him to, and was just like that versatile defender that, you know, every so often would just throw the ball out of bounds. But when he did that, he always made up for it on the defensive end, you know. So do you have anything you'd like to add about Thad Young? Yeah, Thad Young is, or he was, I don't think he is anymore. He was part of an elite club of... (laughs) Uh, NBA players so only five players as of this was I think February 2018 uh, had ever played 18 not 18 800 games averaged 13.5 points 5.9 rebounds 1.4 steals 49% field goals and 30% on three-point shots those players are Magic Johnson Larry Bird Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Thaddeus Young. <laughs> so it's Amazing. maybe the four greatest basketball players of all time and Thad Young in this really <laughs> weird uh, club that Fox Sports Indiana went out of their way to make up. Yeah, they really went out of their way for that. Um, I, Austin, this is a sad day. His career averages right now is 13.2 points per game. So he is no longer in this He's, club unless we lower the numbers. We have and it's, to lower the numbers, yep. We'll, we'll have to look that up and we can post about it or something maybe later. But he might be out of the club now. I didn't look up his percentages. I just know his career averages for points are 13.2. Rebounds, he's still in the club at 5.9. I don't know if the assists have anything to do with it, but his career average for assists is 1.7. So he could be out of it. He's still his stats are still really close to the minimum requirement for that club, so who knows? We'll see if he's still in the same company as them. But really interesting stat. I I wouldn't say that he's as good as any of those guys. Mm. Just just my 
my my level of basketball knowledge watching him play, I've never once thought this dude is as good as Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan. But that you know, I could be wrong. This I guess stats don't lie. Yeah, that's your opinion, and your opinion looks stupid right now. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number forty-two. We got Christopher Mullen at number forty-two. Played for three seasons for the Pacers. This one actually, to me, feels a little too high, but he was on uh, those Pacers teams where we made it to the finals one season. He was there. He was a crucial veteran to that lineup. Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer. He had a great career with Golden State, but in Indy, was older. I mean, he, he came to Indy when he was 34 years old, played there for just three seasons. Pacers ended up releasing him after that third season, and he signed for one more season with Golden State. I have to think, I don't remember... Or I don't know if I've ever heard anything about this. I'm totally guessing. But I just have to believe that the Pacers probably cut him so that he could retire with the Warriors. I mean, he was a crucial part to those Pacers teams. Obviously a crucial part to those Warriors teams. And just a really like good teammate all around. So we have Chris Mullen here. His averages for the Pacers were 9.4 points, 2.7 rebounds, 1.7 assists. His career averages are way higher, which is 18.2 points, 4.1 rebounds, 3.5 assists. His best season with the Pacers... And this was before he took a backseat to Jalen Rose to let Jalen Rose start. Um, so this was his first season in Indy. He had 11.3 points, three rebounds, 2.3 assists, and shot 44% from three. I thought this was interesting. Out of all of his seasons that he played in the NBA, which was uh, 16, the season that he made the most money was actually his third season with the Pacers when he was 36 years old. Do you want to guess how much he made that year? Uh. $12 million. No, not even close. He made $4,079,100 for the Pacers. Oh my that was the most gosh. he ever made in one season for his entire career. So, Man, he's poor. <laughs> but Chris Mullen was a crucial part to those. And Austin, do you have anything you like to add about Chris Mullen? Yeah, so we're talking uh, Zodiac signs here. And according to FamousBirthdays.com, uh, Chris Mullen is the 16th most popular Leo named Chris. Oh. <laughs> and he is also the 42nd most popular basketball player that is a Leo. Okay, so who's the number one most popular Leo that's Chris? Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Okay, I was going to guess that, actually. Huh. Uh, Hemsworth, Chris Lanzen, I don't even know who that is, is number two. He's 19. Never heard of him. Uh, you can't ever trust those lists. Yeah. But, I mean, look, he look he's 16 there. He's 42 on ours. He'll probably like that list a little better. I wonder what I wonder no, where he well, would rank in. The basketball players who are Leos, he's 42. Ooh. Just any celebrity named Chris uh, that's a Leo, he's 16. Okay, so he's 42 in basketball Leos, and he's 42 on all-time Pacers. Yeah. That's can, really cool. Can you guess? I'll give you two quick trivias here. So the most popular Leo basketball player and then the most popular active Leo. Okay. Uh, when, when are Leos born? Oh, that's not going to help me. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know anything about Zodiac signs. Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess Leo... Uh, I'm going to guess Shaquille O'Neal. Close. Uh, Laker legend, but Magic Johnson. Okay. And cool. active. Active. I'm going to guess. From from Los Angeles. Okay. I'm going to guess. specifically. Kawhi Leonard. No, DeMar DeRozan. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. So next we have number 41. This is Jamal Tinsley. Point guard for the Pacers, mid-2000s. Played seven years there, averaged 10.4, 3.4 rebounds, and seven assists. Sorry, 10.4 points, seven assists. His best season for the Pacers, averaged 15.4 points, four rebounds, 6.4 assists. Notable award, he was second team all-rookie. So do you know who won rookie of the year that year? Oh, man. 0-1-0-2. LeBron wasn't in the league yet. Richard Jefferson, maybe? No, good guess. He that I think Richard Jefferson was a rookie that year. It was Pau Gasol who won rookie of the ah, year. Ah, yes. So uh, 
Also notable, Jamal Tinsley was a two-time Rookie of the Month. This is all while he's on the Pacers. We could have easily put him higher. He could have easily been in the top 30, really, if you wanted to argue it. But, like I said, not the best player on his teams ever. And uh, good player, but I think this is a good spot for him. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked him. I thought he was good. Uh, He is one of the... I don't know the exact number, but he's one of a very small handful of players to ever have a five by five. Right. Uh, and I, I know we gave that stat of the day out a, a mm-hmm. while ago on a podcast. If you don't know what a five by five is, it's you have at least five of uh, points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks in a game. Um, yeah crazy he did that i think the most recent person to do that is draymond green Mm -hmm. do you remember when jamal tinsley and stephen jackson got into that gunfight outside of a club in indy no was it like a duel no it wasn't between them they got into it with other people shots were fired stephen jackson is lucky to be alive he said it was because of self-defense he actually got hit by a car um and it was Steven Jackson, Jamal Tinsley, Marquise Daniels, and Jimmy Hunter, Jimmy Hunter, who were actually there. They called it an error in judgment. I'm so surprised none of them went to jail. I, I don't think they did. But there's marijuana found in Jamal Tinsley's car door. And it was just a mess. So they don't really talk about that story much. I've, I haven't really heard much about it. But, um, yeah, you know, just fitting in with the Pacers lore. Just having weird fights and unnecessary fights. So there you go, Jamal Tinsley, part of a Steven Jackson brawl. <laughs> Man, wonder what happened to that weed. <laughs> Let's move on to number 40. This is a crowd favorite. If you guys have watched the Pacers and loved the Pacers in the past few years, you know this guy. He only played at the Pacers for two seasons, but was our best player when Oladipo went down. That dude is Boyan Bogdanovich. Small forward for the Pacers, averaged 16.1 points per game for them. 3.7 rebounds and 1.7 assists. His best season, which was when Oladipo went down and Bogdanovich took over, it was his second season in Indy. He averaged 18 points, 4.1 rebounds, and two assists. And I gotta say, man, I loved Boyan Bogdanovich. I thought he was so good, so underrated. I would never again want him to be my best player on a playoff team because that's look, he's. Not a great defender. He can hold his own a little bit. He can score really well, but he's you know he's not really the greatest creator. So it was always nice having him as a wingman to Oladipo, and it would have been nice to have him now with Sabonis um, and Oladipo together with T.J. Warren too. So it would have been cool to see him there. He's averaging actually over 20 points a game for the Jazz this season. We'll see if the season even continues. But Boyan Bogdanovich was a really good player. Yeah, Boyan's always been a solid guy. Um, I think the the thing that stands out most about his uh, stat page here is that his three point attempts have went up two and a half. Uh, Crazy from really the last two, the previous two seasons to this season, he's shooting over seven a game and averaging over twenty points a game in Utah this what is now probably a lost season unfortunately but yeah um yeah he is a guy who has always been a great three-point shooter and uh, I think a bit of an underrated defender yeah I mean we asked him to guard LeBron in the playoffs a few times him or Lance Stevenson or Thad Young it was one of those guys and I always thought he did pretty well against LeBron I mean as well as you can against LeBron yeah Boyan Bogdanovich was crucial. Like I said, when Oladipo went down, he was our best player. And uh, is on our list at 40th just for playing two seasons. So I like I like him there. I, I like him there. But let's let's move on. We got Wayman Tisdale at number 39. Big man. Pacers number two overall pick in 1985. Played four seasons with the Pacers at power forward. Averaged 15.2 points, 6.4 rebounds, 1.3 assists. And... His best season with the Pacers averaged 16.1 points, 6.2 rebounds, and 1.3 assists. Austin, we we looked up Wayman Tisdale together, and this was an interesting dude. Do you have anything you'd like to say about him before I give some of my interesting facts? 
Uh, no, just R.I.P. Pour one out. Wayman. Yeah, R.I.P. Died in 2009. Had some issues with cancer. Starting his knee. Uh, it looked I, he only died at 44 years old. So sad death. But a uh, really good Pacers player and someone like if you guys haven't heard of him or watched him play before, you should look him up. He's he's a fun player. But Austin, I I have some cool things about this dude. He uh, his Wikipedia page calls him a basketball player and a smooth bass jazz bass guitarist. Wow. Yeah. So uh, could do it all. He had his number twenty three retired at Oklahoma in two thousand seven. Blake Griffin was recruited by Oklahoma, and they gave him permission to wear number twenty three. But Blake Griffin uh, decided before he was going to wear it, he'd reach out to Wayman Tisdale and check to see if. Uh, Tisdale would be okay with it. And Tisdale gave him his blessing. So Blake Griffin got to wear number 23, which is retired by the uh, Sooners. So that that was interesting. What do you and, think went into uh, Tisdale giving Blake Griffin his blessing? You think he like was like a kiss on the cheek or what? Yeah, I mean, probably. When you've had to give your blessing to other people, what have you, what have you done? I usually tailor make it to the person. I, I don't have a blanket blessing. <laughs> uh yeah so it was probably basketball related right or kissing kissing related i could see it going either way yeah Wayman says they'll probably i mean he could have had his bass guitar there could have probably played him some kind of smooth he jazz could have played him a nasty lick yeah yeah you, who knows we i guess we'll never know unless blake griffin comes on this pod so blake griffin if you're listening hit us up we'd love to have you in 1985 though austin patrick ewing was the number one overall pick wayman tisdale was second can you name anyone else who was in that draft? 1985, Patrick Ewing, Wayman Tisdale, uh, Elijah Wan? No, Elijah Wan was first in 84. Um, I don't know. So Chris Mullen went seventh. Mm. Carl Malone went 13th. Joe Dumars went 18th. AC Green went 23rd. And Manute Bull went 31st. I'm seeing if I recognize anyone else. Hot Rod Williams went 45th. Uh, there was a third round. Interesting. Sam Mitchell went 54th. Mike Brown. I don't know if it's the coach Mike Brown. He went 69th. Wow, so there's a fourth <laughs> round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. Wow, there's seven rounds in this draft. There was a guy in the seventh round, the 160th pick, who actually played 11 seasons in the NBA. His name's Mario Ely. Ely. Oh, yeah. Interesting. He was on Have those Rockets. Uh, yeah, he was on the Rockets championship teams. He was a starter. That's Mario, insane. Seventh round Ely. pick. Close to the end of the draft, he was the 21st pick in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. he was good. Good three-point shooter. Unreal. So that's interesting we had uh terry porter as well who played 17 seasons in the nba um but yeah we got him second overall from oklahoma missed on chris mullen charles oakley oh detlef shrimp went in that draft too um so yeah we missed on a few but wayman tisdale was a good player and rip died too young so let's move on from him to our number 38th player the voted the greatest afro in aba history which was given to us by our uh, co-host jeremy bales in one of our previous podcasts but this is darnell hillman coming in at 38th played six season for the pacers power forward slash center averaged 10.6 points 8.4 rebounds one and a half assists and uh just a good player good player for the pacers and i don't really have much to add about him we've already talked about him before do, do you want to add anything about him well, uh, I got a stat of the day. Do you remember where you were on December 28th, 1975? Um, no. Just a twinkle in my dad's eye. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, Darnell Hillman on this day in a Pacers loss to the Denver Nuggets at home scored 35 points and had 16 rebounds. Wow. Uh, yeah, in 47 minutes. So oh, really a good. A lot of star power in this game. Uh, Bill Keller, uh, who I'm sure we'll hear later on in this list. Darnell we will. Hillman. We will. Nuggets had David Thompson, Dan Issel, and Ralph Sampson at the time. Wow. So, yeah. 
There you go, Darnell. That's actually a really good stat line. Um, so yeah, good player, obviously. 38th on our list, played six seasons, and had a great afro. Next up, we have 37. This is Steve Stepanovich. I don't know if you looked this dude up. I'd never heard of him until this. I'm so intrigued by this guy. Played five seasons for Indy, and those were the only five seasons he played in the NBA. Was a center for us. We uh, had him his rookie season and made first team all rookie, actually. Do you remember, or do you know who won rookie of the year in 1983? 83? I have no idea. It was the number one overall pick. In 1983, out of Virginia, went to Houston. Oh, was Ralph center. Uh, Sampson. Yeah, Ralph Sampson, who you just mentioned earlier. Ralph Sampson won Rookie of the Year, but Steve Stepanovich was on that first team All Rookie with him. Wait, were there two Ralph Sampsons? No, yeah, there there were. There were two Ralph Sampsons. Oh, for real? Yeah, there was one who played 71 to 80, and yeah, there's the other more well known. This Ralph Sampson. It was a five-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA guy, and then uh, more well-known Ralph Sampson. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. Wow. He was really good for like five years, six years. Wow. Yeah, I see that. That's crazy. Interesting. Average twenty-seven point four points per game one year. The non. Uh, Hall of Fame, Ralph Sampson. Unreal. But yeah, Steve Stepanovich, I have him coming in onto the list at 37. Played for the Pacers for five seasons, like I said. Averaged 13.2, 7.8 rebounds, and 2.3 assists. And here, I got two interesting things to say about him. So he was in college. On the evening, this is what his Wikipedia page said. So we can question the validity if we want to, but I'm going to choose to believe it. It said, on the evening of December 27, 1980, Stepanovich accidentally discharged a loaded firearm, hitting himself in the shoulder. He initially told police that a masked intruder wearing cowboy boots and a flannel shirt broke into his apartment on Sunrise Drive in Missouri and shot him while screaming obscenities about basketball players. The next day, Stepanovich recanted the story and admitted that he shot himself by accident. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yep. And then the second thing I have was he was actually forced to retire in 1989 at age 28 due to a dead spot in the bone in his left knee. Stepanovich said the injury was so bad that he can't even cut the grass anymore. Yeah, he's endured a lot. He endured a lot. Yeah, masked cowboys. So when you th- when he walks now, do you think he like does a thing where he steps with his right foot and just drags the left foot on the ground? <laughs> Because I Probably. can see where you couldn't mow the lawn with that. Uh, yeah. But you could definitely, or he could hop, you know. Yeah, which is dangerous when you're mowing the lawn. Yeah, but in, in other things, you know, I mean, he could still shoot a jump shot. Yeah, you would think. I mean, Mike Miller could do it with uh, zero strength in his back for the Miami Heat. So yeah. you would think Steve Stabanovich wouldn't need his leg, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if he really loved the game, he probably would have just cut that foot off. All right, let's move on to 36. We have Mike Dunleavy, a.k.a. Michael Dunleavy. Played shooting guard and small forward. Averaged 14 points, 4.6 rebounds, and 2.4 assists for the Pacers. His best season, Austin, I know you I know, you know this season. I know you remember it. Averaged 19.1 points, 5.2 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and shot 42.4 from the three-point line, um, which is huge. And, I mean, he was a good player. 19.1 points in one season automatically puts you in, like, an above-average NBA player. I remember Mike Dunleavy uh, being one of the first athletes I did not like uh, (laughs) because I remember Duke being one of the first teams I didn't like. Yeah. So, uh, stat of the day for Mike Dunleavy is, if you remember where you were, March 21st, 2002. Um, I don't remember. Where was he? Uh, I can tell you where I was, and I can tell you where Mike Dunleavy was. I was at home watching Mike Dunleavy in Lexington lose to the Indiana Hoosiers. Oh. In the NCAA tournament. Interesting. Uh, No way. Yeah, they were the one seed and defending champions that year and lost. 
to uh, IU, who was, I think, a five seed, bit of a Cinderella team, went all the way Unreal. to the championship game, and had Jared Jeffries on their team, who went on to leave after one year at IU, got drafted by the Wizards, and now has a lifetime collection of Jordans because he played with Michael Jordan. Yes. All right, next we have James Edwards, who was a center for the Pacers for four seasons. His best season was 16.7 points, 8.5 rebounds, 1.1 assists. Part of the Bad Boys Pistons, and then so he won two championships with the Pistons and then one with Chicago, and uh, was caught trafficking cocaine but never went to prison for it. So just, you know, interesting stuff right there. Number 34, we have Al Harrington, who was a small forward slash power forward for the Pacers. Do you remember Al Harrington? Real quick, can I just say something about James Edwards? Oh, yeah. Do you, yeah. Go for it. So, so James Edwards' uh, nickname was actually Buddha. Oh. Was it his, his shiny belly? <laughs> uh, yes, I think it was. <laughs> oh, okay. And that makes sense. It's said that uh, the players on all the teams he played for, so Michael Jordan did this. Isaiah Thomas did this. Uh, he played. Who else did he play? I mean, probably Darnell Hillman. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's believed that all the players actually rubbed his belly for good luck before <laughs> games. Um, before That's they good. went out on the court to uh, have uh, successful plays and avoid injuries. Yeah, it makes you wonder like how good Michael Jordan would have been if he never played with James Edwards. Uh, well, pretty good because he only played with him one year, so <laughs> and he was good before that. So, so, so maybe the Buddha nickname didn't work. Yeah, well, I mean, it might have worked for other. You know, it's you never know. Yeah, you you're find right. your James Edwards in life and you apply them how you need to. <laughs> All right. So next we have Al Harrington, who's number thirty-four. He was for the Pacers mid two thousands. Uh, we actually traded him away to get Stephen Jackson. And then we ended up getting Al Harrington back eventually, but we had him for seven seasons in total. Averaged 10.7 points for the Pacers, 5.4 rebounds, 1.4 assists. And uh, I, I liked him as a player. I really I really enjoyed him when he was on the Pacers. Big Al Harrington fan. Uh, I got a stat here from December 23rd, 2002. Okay. It is Al Harrington's lone, I think I'm saying this right, his lone 40-point game in his career. He had 40 and 9 rebounds against the Hawks in a Pacers win for oh. once in stat of the day. The Pacers won No the way. Game. Um, you must really like Al Harrington then. Man, Al Harrington was a good player, a little ahead of his time, kind of like Brad Miller, uh, mm-hmm. in that he was a stretch, I guess a stretch four. He kind of middled between three and four. Right. Uh, depending on where Jermaine O'Neal was playing. But, yeah, he was a really – I mean, he shot 44.5% for his career on threes. Right. And he, he didn't even – he barely took three a game. His so. – uh, he actually I, – I saw this. I don't remember what team it was. I think it was the Warriors. But he led the league in three-pointers attempted one season. I think it was 07 maybe. And he did that as a power forward before Steph Curry came along and changed the whole NBA. So – yeah, he was way ahead of his time. It would be fun to see what he plays like now. But we have him at 34. And the Pacers, worth noting, the Pacers drafted him actually in 1998 at 25th overall. So good draft pick right there. Next up, we have Troy Murphy, big man from Indy. Played power forward, averaged 13.3 points, 9.2 rebounds, 2.1 assists, and shot 41.3% from three for his career in Indy. And uh, just a good player. We'll glaze over him. Do you have anything you'd like to add about him? No, uh, nothing other than that. He does not look like he is good at basketball at all. (laughs) And I could easily be convinced that there was just somebody in a Troy Murphy flesh suit playing (laughs) as him. All right. um, Austin, what if I told you that Troy Murphy was just – Landry Shamit on stilts and a Troy Murphy flesh suit. <laughs> I would believe it. I would believe it before I look. <laughs> I convinced you. All right, I convinced this you. This <laughs> guy, his basketball reference picture is just not very flattering. 
Yeah, and I and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Troy Murphy flesh suit theory. There it is. I don't think it's so far fetched. No, I don't think it is either. I, I don't. Men in Black. I mean, they proved that it can be done in Men in yeah. Black. All right, let's move on. Next at thirty-two, we have Antonio Davis, who was never like a top four players on the Pacers in any of one of his seasons. He could have been fourth best maybe one time, but was a crucial part to our championship runs on those early 2000s teams, was part of that trade where we sent uh, Darnell Hillman for Detlef Shrimp and a second-round draft pick, which turned out to be Antonio Davis for us. He averaged 9 points, 6.6 rebounds, 0.7 assists for the Pacers in his career. And Austin, he actually helped the Pacers net one of your favorite Pacers all-time, Jonathan Bender. That's right, he did. Yeah, we we did that straight up. Antonio Davis for a fifth overall pick in a draft, and uh, that ended up being Jonathan Bender. Where do you think Jonathan Bender is going to be on our list in top 50 all-time? At least top 19. Okay. I'll have to to edit the list a little bit. Maybe I'll put it in If we did an all-Pacers prospects podcast, (laughs) he would be in the top five. Yeah, easily. He could be number five just like he was taken in his draft. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Talent, I mean, like, talent-wise, just never there. But prospect, like, his body type, his athleticism, man, he could have been one of the greatest players they of all time. Him the, they didn't call him the prospector for nothing. <laughs> all right, next we got number 31, and this is our final one on this list. And I'm glad we have him here. I hope he can make it higher in the next few seasons. He's only played three seasons in Indy, and one of those was this year, and it was cut short by uh, the pandemic. But this is Demonis Sabonis. We have him at 31. Which is crazy. He's our second all-star from the Pacers on this list so far. Brad Miller is our first all-star. Sabonis is our second one. His best season, which was this current season, was 18.5 points, 12.4 rebounds, 5 assists, and he was an all-star. Austin, that's top 10 Pacers all-time numbers right there. If he can keep this up, man, I mean, he's going to shoot up this list. So we have him here. Whoa, 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 whoa. We already had Steven Jackson and Jamal Tinsley getting in altercations <laughs> trying to shoot up people. I don't want Sabonis shooting up people as well. I mean, if you play for Indiana, there's a chance that you're going to shoot something up, right? Yeah, or you could be like James Edwards yeah, who trafficked cocaine. That's true. So I mean, the op- the options are limitless. So could have been some shooting up involved in his. Yeah. So let's let's adventures. just hope Sabonis is shooting up is shooting up the All Pacers top fifty list. Mm-hmm. Um, he is also the record holder for the Pacers for most double doubles in one season, which he broke that record this season. Troy Murphy held that. I mean, the season still had twenty games left, so who knows what it could have been at? I think he had fifty something. I can't remember what he had. It was over fifty though. Um, double-double machine this year and Sabonis ended the season or the season the 2019-2020 season had four triple doubles he was tied for six with two other players do you know those two players he had four triple doubles tied for six um well Jokic would be over him right Jokic was over him LeBron James over him I'm assuming Westbrook's over him Yep. James Harden? James Harden had four. Who else? Tied with Sabonis. That's a lot of triple doubles. Um, Jason Tatum? Nope. The answer is Giannis Antetokounmpo. So ah. tied for sixth in triple doubles, there's three players. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo, former MVP, James Harden, former MVP, and Demonis Sabonis, future MVP. So we got... Three superstars right there. Sabonis tied them on the all for sixth place in triple doubles in 2019-2020. Amazing. I mean, he was so good this year. And we have him at 31. So I, I'm excited to see where he ends up, if the Pacers can just keep him long enough. And, uh, I mean, he's already proved his worth. So that's our list, Austin, so far. I mean, that's 50 through 31. Next podcast, we're going to be doing 30 through 21. We're going to have a lot more info on some of these guys. We have four guys, five guys that you'll probably remember in just the past five years alone that are on 21 through 30. And it's just going to be a blast. So stay tuned for that. Austin, do you have anything you'd like to uh, close us with for 50 through 31? Um, no, other than that 31 is one of my favorite numbers because of Reggie Miller. 
Yeah, uh, the Reggie in, Miller number. Yeah, that's good. I uh, put it in some of my passwords if you want to try to crack those <laughs> on uh, sites like Yelp and uh, – <laughs> 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 All right, I'm on it now. Um, if anyone can crack Austin's password, um, we'll have you on this podcast. You can take his spot as the co-host. Yeah. Um, or something. We'll figure it out. But Austin – Thanks for doing this first part of the top 50 list with me. We'll do this again next week, I'm sure. Hopefully, in the near future, we can go back to a studio and do this in person. (laughs) But until then, man, be safe, okay? Yeah, and if you're out there, stand up and give us a woo. (laughs) All right, man, peace out. all about playing the game the right way the name on the front of the jersey is more important than that name on the back of the jersey you play for the indiana pacers that's who you represent